Welcome back to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson, and we are studying through the book of uh, Luke right now. Yep. And we are in Luke chapter 9, and we're going to start today with verse 51. Mm -hmm. But we've been talking about how um, after the transfiguration, Mm -hmm. and Jesus was up on the mountain talking to Moses and Mm-hmm. Elijah about his exodus. Right. Things seem to have taken a turn here. They do. And he's trying to explain to, well, even further back than that, I would say, even since Peter has proclaimed that he is the Christ, the Christ, right, the Messiah, okay. mm-hmm. I think Jesus has been trying to instruct them now on who the Messiah really is right. and their misconceptions about what that might mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The transfiguration was part of that. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then, um, but since they've come down from the mountain, mm-hmm. he's been, he's been telling them he's going to have to die. He's going to be delivered up. Yeah. They are still arguing about who's the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> arguing about who's the greatest in the midst of that, <laughs> yeah. which seems so ridiculous. And yeah. uh, also trying to, they're just trying to draw lines about who is in and who is out and mm-hmm. who who's the best and who's not the best. And he's telling mm-hmm. them that's not what this is about. Right. Right. And that the kingdom is really inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone who is for God yes. is in. And so it's not up to them to pick yeah. and decide. I think it's really the, the main thing that right. God, God knows hearts and he will um, be the ultimate judge. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess we're gonna, if you wanted to, yeah, we'll, would throw something. I'll just say before we go any further, you know, obviously I always want to mention that eatscripture.com is available. Um, for those who would want to pursue a little more, see a few more resources. There's some articles there, a couple of books, um, some different things. Also, there is a donate page. That's very clear when you get to the homepage. Uh, and if you are getting something from this podcast and really feel like it's important. If you would like to donate to the ministry uh, and pray about that or just do it, that would be great. We would uh, be very happy to have your partnership and your support in the ministry. We certainly always appreciate your prayers uh, for our ministry. We just know that there are a lot of people out there who love to get deeper in scripture and just walk through it verse by verse, Mm -hmm. word by word. And uh, we're trying to make more of those resources available to people. So thank you for all that you're doing to support our ministry means a great deal. Anything you can share on social media, podcast or something also helps. So just putting it in front of others is a great way to help us out. Thank you. Um, and then now that we've kind of gotten that out of the way we yes, let's get back into this text and look at what God is doing here. <laughs> Holy spirit is telling us mm-hmm. uh, through Luke in Chapter 9 is where we're beginning in verse 51 and following. Now, we'll read this to start here like we always do, but there is a big, kind of a big transition here in one way taking place. Right? It certainly right. connects to what we've just right. been talking about, and we'll talk about A lot that of people too. really divide Luke into two parts, and this is where it kind of... See the division. Makes a major turn. Major division taking place. And we'll talk about why. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if we started by reading, I think, verses 51 through 56, then we can really uh, start digging into this some more. Don't you think? Sounds great. Okay. Beginning in 951, when the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. 
And he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparation for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them, and they went on to another village. That's pretty crazy sounding a little bit. They're sure taking some liberties there, maybe, um, which we will talk about in a minute. But this this whole section even starts... In it's an interesting way, odd. because you uh, hear there's the several train. things in here that sound a little bit weird. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about that. But I think this is the reason that Luke is kind of people tend to put a break here mm-hmm. and it kind of takes a turn is because of this thing where it says he sets his face to go to Jerusalem. Yes. And from now on, as you're reading, just notice how he's always heading toward Jerusalem. Yes, it's, major Jerusalem um, emphasis from now. Right. Yeah. So he's setting his face. He's resolute. He's um, determined. Mm-hmm. This is where he's going. It's his focus. He, he, There's nothing else in front of him except that he's got to go to Jerusalem. Yes. And um, be killed. Yeah. Yeah. Raised from the dead. So this is a... Um, I, I don't think it's because he had not accepted God's mission. I just think maybe at this point he understands it more fully. You, yes, definitely understands it more fully and probably understands the timing of it a lot right. better. You know, now it's time. It's just, he, he hadn't, it wasn't that he didn't, who knows? We don't know what yeah, he knew. We, what we he have knew. no idea what he knew and when, but because he's making a transition here where he's oh now now's the time god has let him know there's a real significance in his understanding that this is a time for me to start making a very determined move that jerusalem is where things are going to all culminate i'm headed there that's where and so and that's what we hear from now on like we've heard of jerusalem up to this point but he hasn't like we haven't seen this shift where he's constantly moving, going, determined to get there. That's the difference. Right. So, um, and, and it doesn't take that long to get to Jerusalem from where he is, probably. Right. It doesn't. But this is Luke's literary. Yes, way of really way of literally honing this. in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And and just for those who are listening, I think probably a good thing to say for y'all too that uh, you may not all realize if we're reading just the synoptics, in other words, just Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You might think that that Jesus only went to Jerusalem one time in his three-year ministry. Right. It's only John that lets us know that he's actually going at least, he's, he's in Jerusalem at least three Passovers. And so that's where we get this three-year, there's a, there's a three-year ministry for Jesus. That's how we kind of mm-hmm. piece these things together. John is the one who really puts that together for us more like that but you mentioned a while ago chronological is not necessarily our issue here um it is how luke is literally working this together to show you that jesus is utterly determined to finish his father's mission and he's putting jerusalem on the table as kind of a marker for how everything is going to culminate there right so i i kind of love that because all these stories really did happen and oh yeah and um, Luke is not taking away from that, mm-hmm. but all of the authors, including Luke, are telling us these stories 
with a design to tell something even bigger. Yes. And so that's why they're also awesome and unique mm -hmm. because they're all telling us things that are a little bit, just a little just bit a more little different information. Yeah. yeah. Telling it in a different way so that mm -hmm. we get the fuller picture. That's right. And making a slightly different emphasis and mm -hmm. yeah. All of that is what I love about them too, how the how the authors are inspired to do this for us. So you're not if you read one gospel, you have definitely not read them all. Right. You read one gospel, to, you've read one gospel. That's right. Exactly. So, so keep that in mind as you're reading the Bible. It's not just a repeat of what you've heard before. Um, there's some significant differences. And so when Luke does it here and he and he sets shows us Jesus' face being set to go to Jerusalem, this is where we, like you said, get that transition marker. Oh boy, he's he's he knows now it's getting to be that time for all of these things to come to a head. Right. And so he's he's headed toward Jerusalem. Um, in verse 51, also, he uses a word there, be taken up, when, or Luke does use the word, when the days drew near for him to be taken up. Right. It's, an, it's just the, the only usage in our entire Bible of this word is right here. And so, so we're wondering, well, what, what exactly mm -hmm. you might think, what does that mean? How does that, well, Scott, certainly it is um, connected to ascending to heaven. That's how right. the word And some of your Bibles um, may even say usage. that. Yeah, they may even say something right. like that. Um, and so that's in it. But it's also got a hint of dying in it. Right. It's not just, just like going up. It is also includes this hint of death, hint of being deceased. Right. And so even in the subtleties here, Luke is not letting his readers forget that we're also heading toward not just the good of going to heaven, but the difficult of the right. death that's coming up. The death and the resurrection and the ascension all mm -hmm. wrapped up in this thought. Yeah. Here. So. so he sends these messengers ahead of him and they go, they come to this village of Samaritans to make preparations for him, apparently to just stay there for a little right. bit. Lodging, kind of be there. Maybe, yeah. you know, just, mm -hmm. Go ahead and make sure that there's room for all of them. And yeah, but apparently, but why did they go to a Samaritan village first? It seems kind of odd. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my first question. Maybe because <laughs> of where they were whenever he decided, oh, mm -hmm. now's my time. I got to get mm -hmm. to Jerusalem. It just happened to be on the way to maybe. To, we don't know because I mean, we don't really know yeah. where he is. Yeah, here. we don't really know where he is. So when he does go, yes, they come to the Samaritan village. They start to make reparations for him, but they were told in verse fifty-three though, that the people don't receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. That is so odd. It. It's yeah. like I I said to you earlier, what was he carrying? Luggage that said <laughs> Jerusalem or bust? I right. Mean, so like, for some reason, they're very aware. Yes. What? How do they that know guy? that he set his face toward Jerusalem? Yeah. Um, but, but probably in some kind of interaction that they've had right. with that he's had with them. It they realize, oh, this, yes, this and guy who's claiming to be the Messiah. Right. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he loves, he, he's got this whole Jewish thing going on right. to the point of he think they think they're better than us. We worship at this mountain. They worship at that mountain and they right. think that mountain's better and he's going to go there. He must think he's better than us. They don't right. want us. We don't know exactly, but that could be, you know, there's always that little, that little tension at least little tension, sometimes really big tension between 
the Jews and, and the Samaritans. Right. And so that's what we're Which seeing play out. The Samaritans were like represent to us northern Israel. Northern Israel before the ones the fall. That got taken into captivity mm -hmm. and never came back. Right. Got mixed with other bloodlines. Mm -hmm. And that, so now they're considered half-breeds right. uh, Jews. And, right. And so they don't go to Jerusalem for Passover in the big... Um, generally speaking, right. The big uh, celebrations or holidays or right. whatever. They, yeah. Like the Jews will all, many of them will make a trip to mm -hmm. Jerusalem for those things. Mm -hmm. But the Samaritans don't right. necessarily. They worship in Samaria. That's right. And yeah. so if what they knew they that thought. he was going to Jerusalem, maybe they just figured out, oh, he is a strong Jew. He's not one of us. He thinks he's better than us. Right. We don't want him, his kind around here. Yeah, right. exactly. So. That could easily be what it is. But the interesting thing is that the way James and John react to this is to say, oh, they won't receive us? Well, then, Jesus, you want us to call down fire on them. <laughs> First of all, they think they even have this power. What, what or that think? Jesus can't do it himself. That's right. Yeah. Right? It just seems so funny to me. Yeah. Very interesting. And we're told elsewhere that James and John have the moniker Sons of Thunder, that Jesus got, that they were referred to as Sons of Thunder. And so is this... <laughs> The and I think probably reasonably so to think this this kind of the very reason they got that right. nickname, uh, Sons of Thunder, because they were so headed. willing to jump in. Yeah, right. a little hot headed here. So I that's understand that. Saying. I can relate. <laughs> React before you think. Yeah. So so they don't receive us. Well, then we'll just destroy them, right, Jesus? Right. Well, wait a second. Jesus, of course, rebukes them uh, very clearly in verse fifty-five. And then they go on to another village. So basically saying, Seems... look, <laughs> it is not our job, your job, to decide that they're excluded, even to the point of being removed from the earth because they don't receive us. A person who's right. not receiving you does not There's... give you the right to judge them. Kind of goes right with that lesson they just learned. Jesus just it told does. them, hey, if people are casting out demons in my name, mm. they're not, right. you know, the one who is not against you is for you. Yeah. Even though these people do seem against them, this is further teaching. Yeah. But they also are obviously still not understanding who the Messiah really is. Yes. And that they definitely do not. So they do not understand the ways of the Messiah. They're still thinking of an earthly kingdom. Oh yes. And hey, we need to get people who are for us. We wipe them just out. Right? Wipe out this village that mm -hmm. doesn't get in line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like in verse 49 and following, like you're bringing up, that's John talking there too. Finding, yeah. <laughs> looking for ways to yeah. exclude people between us and them. There's a difference, right? Mm -hmm. and, then, and then James and John are the ones who do this. So, but then Jesus makes very clear they're not going to do that. Uh, and then they go on to another village. So right. again, just because you're not received right. does not give you the right to then He doesn't rebuke, at least in this passage, he doesn't rebuke the people in the village who don't receive him. Mm -hmm. He rebukes James and John who want to call down fire on them. Yes. Yes. But he's exactly. just going to go on to another village. Right. Which is just kind of what he told them when he sent him out. Yeah. You know, if, a, We're if, gonna see him send... if you aren't received, mm -hmm. just shake the dust off your feet and go on. Ex which is a part of the structure that we'll go into uh, in our next podcast. Right. So we'll kind of watch that. how that goes. Yes. But it's all about reception and rejection. 
who receives, who rejects, and then what's your response to that? Mm -hmm. That's so we're seeing that already play out here, even with the Samaritans. Uh, And uh, and Jesus is going to have some good things to say about Samaritans later on. So there there are some good Samaritans out there. (laughs) We want to be like them. So. now, now I think it'll be good if we kind of keep moving here into verse 57 through 62, which will be the end of our chapter, but certainly not the end of our literary structure with this whole thing is going to okay. keep going here. But now we're going to hear about some people who sound like they want to follow Jesus, but then maybe mm-hmm. they're not fully into it. So right. like they need to be. So uh, verse 57 following would be good read. Verse 57 through 62. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Hmm. All right. This is the Luke is the only one who includes this little passage too. Hmm. this is interesting. He's he's got this big, strong cost of discipleship. I mean, this is rough. Yeah, really. If I'm reading it and really thinking about who what I'm doing. Yeah. This is not, at first it's kind of funny because I think, oh, I'll follow you wherever you go, you know, and yeah. you kind of get this funny picture, but then you go, oh, but then <laughs> that's not think, so funny. Yes, right. Uh, so these must have been, I know that they were traveling with a, a crowd of people, mm-hmm. a group, a big group of disciples. People wanted to be close to Jesus. Not so just the apostles. Right. You've got apostles, then you've got people who are you know, which are his chosen 12. But then you've got people who are very connected to him as disciples and want to be his disciples. Because we know earlier there were women who were following That's him. right. Yes, who've de- dedicated themselves. Mm-hmm. They're spending money for the ministry. They're very much involved in what Jesus is doing. So we know there are people who are very closely connected to this ministry that are also a part of it. But then we also know that there's another layer of people who are just kind of hangers on. Uh, liking it while it goes, while it feels fun, while it's like, yeah, we're going with the Messiah. He's going somewhere great. We want to be there too. There's a lot of that. And then there's probably another layer besides that that are just kind of there for the curiosity of it all. What's really happening here? Let's see what happens next. Let's see what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the uh, show The Chosen really portrays this really well Mm -hmm. because they do have a large group Mm -hmm. of people who are kind of going along with them in a lot of the mm-hmm. episodes. Yes. So, so we don't know who it was. I think that's why it says someone said to him, because it yes. probably wasn't somebody we know. No, right. Exactly. I think it wasn't somebody we know. It's somebody who's, uh, this allows us to be, to put it, it into the every man right. place. It's me. So that it's you can you. see yourself. It's, yeah. Are you this person? Right. Are you that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a parable. Mm-hmm. Almost. Almost. So they're going along the road. Somebody says to him, I'll follow you wherever you go. So it's this declaration. Hey, Jesus, I'm with you no matter where you go. That's what I'm doing. And who of us hasn't said that? Yeah. (laughs) And then Jesus immediately turns to him and says, well, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere 
to lay his head. So we'll unpack this first one first. This is the first person right. that he's going to address here. So I've I've often said, you know, I've kind of used it as a simple way of of uh, making making a little not quite a joke, but um, something out of it for us to kind of get a little bit better understanding of it. Maybe Jesus turned around and said, "Hey, there's no pillows where I'm going." Right. Just no, you know. This isn't going to be, you know, a good vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Comfort is not what you should be looking for if you're coming with me. Yes, he doesn't have a home on earth. Even the foxes have more of a home. Even the birds have more of a home mm -hmm. than I have. So if you're looking for a nice settled safe. existence, yes, a safe place, a settled existence, then don't expect to find that if you're following me. So it's not quite a rebuke, but it's definitely a, a semi-negative response to get the person's attention about right. what they're really saying. You need to read the job description. Yes, exactly. You're so quick, exactly. You're so quick to get on board, but maybe you should read the job description first. Right. Yes. Um, I, I think for me, this one's the one that really hits me first because I just think we're supposed to have this response. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, you know, I'll follow you wherever you go. Yes, we do want to follow. Anywhere. And that's, that's what, what we want. We should do. Want. But realizing that following Jesus is not the easy way. Mm -hmm. It's not comfortable. And I think we live in a culture, a Christian culture, mm -hmm. that screams the opposite a lot of times. Uh, that things will go so much better for you. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll be more comfortable. God wants to prosper you. Yes. And he does, but not in the ways mm, we're thinking yes, of. Yes, like we typically and, think of. Um, yes. So this is not a, it's not the prosperity gospel. Right. It doesn't mean that you're going to have more pillows. Right. Yes. It means you may not have one at all. At all. Yes. But it will be worth it. Mm-hmm. Yes, but you'll be stunned at how worth it it is, right. is really what it is. But but first, you're going to have to accept that there will be some plenty mm -hmm. of times when you may question, wait a second, I didn't know it was going to be right. like this. Right, um, and we all will. Just right. Just but know this that weeds it out, weeds people out immediately. Yes, this, some people will be out immediately when they hear this. Right. Wait a second, I thought it was going to be good I to follow you. Gonna get I thought it was going to have a great time following you. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, so that's the first thing. Very interesting uh, that we see that. So Jesus is already, this is the weird part about Jesus's way of gaining followers. Yeah. He pushes a lot of them <laughs> away right when they start coming. He says things that force some of them to go, well, then I don't want to follow you. It's because he think... wants true followers. That's right. Who are really in it for the right reasons. Yes. For him mm -hmm. not just people who are following along for the you know jesus is an influencer obviously mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> they're not just tagging along to be part of that wake of influence yeah that's not what he wants right totally not what he that's wants. not what following him means yep so so then on to the next one that luke includes in this little section verse 59 to another, he said, follow me. So this time he's the one who says, follow me. First time they yeah. come up, hey, I'll follow you wherever you go. Now Jesus is calling someone to follow him. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Seems like a legitimate request. I know. 
Seems I mean, like a very legitimate <laughs> request. Well, got a few okay. things I need to take yeah. care of. And, and not just little things, Gosh. the important things. And boy, I can't even say how important this would be in the ancient Jewish culture. Mm -hmm. Yes, I mean, you would not let your parents go unburied. You would be a part of that process. It would be shameful for you as a son or a daughter not to right. be part of that process. Verse 60, and Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Wow. Ouch. Ouch is right. What a statement. That's huge and in that's that culture. really almost offensive to Yes, us. and it should be Sorry. offensive. It should be offensive sounding to read. If you can read that without hearing the offense, please, please take another, take a few minutes mm -hmm. and think about what you're actually saying. Someone is saying they want to bury the one, one of the ones that's closest to them in their whole life. And Jesus is calling them to let the dead bury their own dead. Whoa, whoa, the dead bury the dead? What are you saying about the people who are, I mean, uh, that's an amazing statement. So it, this is on par with like, like hating your mother and Right, father. it feels like it's going back to where we uh, talked about Jesus redefining family. Yes, right. Um, that would be in Mark chapter three, also in Luke, but yeah, have, Luke but, uh, you, 8, you, 19 okay. and following where he's talking about who your true mother and brother, mother yes. and brothers are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, yeah, I feel like if, I don't know, it just, but it's a very, yeah, it is, it is very striking is what we should, that's how we should hear it. And so, so putting, he's putting what he, he the proclamation of the kingdom of God, he is putting that even over, what you would have considered your greatest obligations before right. in life. Right. So that's what he's trying to get across to the disciple. The one who really wants to follow him, okay then, it's going to mean that the proclamation of the kingdom of God, the extension of God's kingdom through you, is going to be more important than even what you have thought of traditionally as the most important things in your life. Right. And I don't know, I just thought of this, but... Like, is this saying that we have life when we follow him and that those who aren't, who are staying behind mm -hmm. are dead. Mm -hmm. So they mm -hmm. are left behind to bury the dead. Yeah. I like two different kinds of dead, like dead spiritually and yep. dead physically. Yep. That there are people who are dead who are walking around the world doing worldly things, mm -hmm. but they're actually dead already. So let them bury the dead. You've got life to do yes. with me. Right. Yeah. Now, of course, I do think this is hyperbole in that right. sense of, look, are we supposed to not be involved in our family's funerals anymore? Of right. course, we're that's supposed to be. I mean, that's saying. not what it's saying. But boy, Jesus is it's so... It's a picture he's painting. Yes. And such a typical way for him to express himself is in hyperbole, where he really forces those who are listening to think, think. about how much this means to be a part of what Jesus is mm -hmm. doing. It, it, it should be at the center of your existence. This is the life. most important and most urgent yeah. thing in your life. Yes. Yes. Now we go on to the next one and last one of these three that he's paired here together. Verse 61 and 62. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. 62. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. 
I think there's a couple of things wrapped into this, but we know that already that Luke has a real fondness for the Elijah and Elisha stories. Right. And we hear that coming out in both of these verses here. In the first one, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Well, it turns out if we go back to 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 21 and around there, whenever um, whenever Elijah is told by, or Elisha is told by Elijah to follow him, Elisha's response is, hey, I need to, can I go back and say goodbye to my parents? And to which Elijah says, hey, what have I done to you? In other words, hey, I haven't, I haven't like roped you in. Of course, right. go, you can go back home right. and say goodbye. Jesus here is, by the way he speaks in verse 62, <laughs> seems to be making a point of the fact that, look, if you're talking about looking back, at life and kind of longing for what you had before, mm -hmm. he seems to be implying that there's a reference to that in here, then you're not fit to follow me. It's like, wait, I only asked to say goodbye to the ones, my loved ones, my yeah. family already. And Jesus is throwing this in there again, hyperbolic, I think, but making the point that this is so far above and so such a major point for you to begin. I think to get this to. also harkens back to Lot's wife. Yeah, you know okay. when they're called to, to leave Sodom and Gomorrah, yep. and they have practically yep. have to be carried out. Yep, Genesis and then 19. Lot's wife looks back. Yeah, they're told not to look She's back. She's longing for something in the past. She's that's right. Wanting that's right. She's and she gets turned into a pillar of salt. Yes, whatever that means. Yes. Uh, same spiritual point being made. Right. I think without question, same spiritual right. point being made. Even when the the exodus happens mm -hmm. out of Egypt. The people are, you know, they're longing to go back to Egypt almost mm -hmm. immediately. And that is not a good thing. Right. He's, right. he's telling them, set your face towards the promised land. Yes. And yes. so Jesus here has set his face toward Jerusalem. And he's asking his followers to set their faces exactly. toward following him. Oh, there, there it is. There's the real literary connection right there between 51 and then those choosing to follow right. him. And are you ready to set your face, determine your direction utterly and completely? Because Jesus me? knows this isn't going to be an easy thing for him. That's right. But he has set his face toward anyway. He's determined. Yeah. And they need to do the same. Yeah. We need to do the same. Yeah. Not just they. We yeah. And his and his mission is even more important than the, you know, I think he's stressing the how much more important even his mission is than Elijah and Elisha's mission. Right. Elijah allowed Elisha. Sure, you can go home, say goodbye to your parents. It's not that Jesus doesn't want you to keep a contact with your parents or do the right thing. But he's using a, in a way of speaking. He is allow, letting his disciples know even more important than Elijah and Elisha's mission is my mission. Right. And if you're going to follow me, it's going to require even more of you in determination and, and what it means. So, um, so really, really strong points Jesus is making. Love the way he's putting it um, and watching as we're seeing this rejection and acceptance of Jesus what it means to follow him that's we're stepping into that section mm -hmm. right now so we're already seeing mm -hmm. uh, how it's going to look um 
beautiful stuff for us, but we're going to keep walking through this and, and watch even more as it happens. He's going to start talking to the 72 next okay. about what that means. So next podcast, don't miss it. Yep. Okay. Thank you for listening. Great to have you with us. And we will be talking to you in just a few days. God bless.